Father, we just want to thank you. Once again, Lord, you're an awesome God. Your mercy endures forever. Father, we're coming to the end of the 10 months of this year. And Father, we are just amazed as to how, Father, what you promised to us as a church in the beginning of the year is unfolding, Father, in our lives. The promise that you spoke to our hearts. Yes, Lord, it is the unfolding of your word which brings light. Your promises, O Lord, Father, are always yes and amen in Christ. And we want to thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. You were true to your word. Yes, Lord, even though we were unfaithful in so many instances, you continue to remain faithful for you do not deny yourself. And this morning, we just want to thank you. We want to praise you. We want to worship you. We want to give you all the glory and adoration. And Lord, once again, even as we look into your word this morning, we pray, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, that, Lord, you would speak, O Lord, to us with clarity, that you would anoint our ears, that you would, Lord, illuminate our mind. And most importantly, Father, that, Lord, we will surrender our wills to you, because you said in your word, if he, and if anyone wills to do his will, he will know. And therefore, this morning, we want to know. And therefore, Father, we surrender ourselves to you, our ears, especially. And Lord, we want to just not be hearers, but we want to be obedient children. And therefore, Lord, I pray, Lord, you would speak to our hearts, make the words absolutely clear and real. Let it become living. And Lord, let it bring life into us. To that, and I pray that you would anoint the speaking and the hearing of this word. We worship you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've been looking at repentance, and uh, we've been looking at the fact that repentance is not a uh, scary word. You, know, you don't have to be scared about the word repentance. And it's the fundamental doctrine of Christianity. It's repentance from dead works. We looked at that. And God is a God who does not desire in the in the death of the wicked. That's what he says. He's long-suffering. If you turn with me to Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, this is what it says, 8 and 9. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 8 and 9. My beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years. He says, don't forget. I've spoken so many things, but this one thing, please don't forget. At least... Okay, if all of the, I've spoken to you, this one thing, let it remain in your life, in your minds. He says that one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's the heart of God. Okay, that all should come to repentance. Again, we looked at Ezekiel chapter 33 in verse 11. It's, this is just by way of review. We just want to look at a few verses before we go to the meat of today's word. Um, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure 
in the death of the wicked. As I live, says the Lord God, actually. A very interesting word, the Lord God. Um, in, in, in French, it is l'eternel du. The eternal God. The unchanging God. L'eternel du. And... Um, um, uh, you know, remember when Jehoshaphat is totally at sea, when the army is coming, the Moabites and everybody's come, coming to fight fight him. Um, in the French Bible, it's very interesting. It says he turned his God, he turned his eye to the eternal God, the eternal do, <laughs> the unchanging God. <laughs> okay, it's very interesting. You know, if you read the Bible in different translations, you'll get a very interesting um, rendering of the of the Bible because every culture has its own rendering and uh, a nuance which kind of gets amplified. Um, the unchanging God. So he says, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn, see double again, turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? Yeah. Okay. The heart of God is that everyone should turn. All of, should, all of us should come to repentance. Okay. And put our faith in him. It is repentance from dead works, as Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 will say. Repentance, just, just verse 1. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, it says, repentance from dead works and faith towards God. The foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God. The fundamental doctrine in Christianity. Repentance and faith. So, this morning we've been looking at... Um, that particular passage from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15, we'll turn there in a few minutes. But to, to see how God looks at repentance, right? And, uh, and you saw, we saw last time how, um, uh, God, um, say, uh, Jesus talks about the parable of the lost sheep and he is a God who goes after that one sheep. Yeah. God is a God who's just not looking at numbers. We are not statistics in his kingdom. Okay. We are absolute individuals. Okay, we have, every one of us has been created in the image of God and everyone is absolutely precious to God. And he says, all the wealth in the world cannot measure up to the, the preciousness and the value of one soul in the sight, in the sight of God. So he goes after that one soul and then we, and he says, when he comes back, he rejoices with all of his friends. And therefore he says, that's exactly how it is when in, when you see in um, in heaven one soul rejoicing. There's there's a tremendous joy amongst all these angels, all the angels. So if you turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter fifteen, verses one and two, um, this is what he says. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners. Okay, so if you're not a tax collector, definitely you'll fall in the second category. Okay, and they're all clubbed together. Okay, <laughs> all right, uh, tax collector and sinner. Oh, I'm not a tax collector, but you're also, but you're definitely a sinner. And Paul says, I may not be a tax collector, but I'm the chief of all the sinners. Okay, there's chief tax collectors and the chief sinners. What are you? Okay, and of all those chief, I'm the chief. Okay, so then all tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him and the pharisees and the scribes complained this man receives sinners and eats with them we looked at the spiritual implications of all these verses last time and then of course jesus goes on to um, 
uh, speak three parables. He talks about the parable of the lost sheep, and then second he talks about the parable of the lost coin, and then he and 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 the crowning uh, the, the jewel in the entire in the passages, of course. Um, the parable of uh, the prodigal son. And today we'll just look at that today. And we'll understand how God, I mean, such a powerful um, picture of repentance, how this happens. And we'll learn some very interesting lessons. Uh, so whenever, whenever we read um, um, this particular passage, we should not say that prodigal. Okay. Like, how do you say this prodigal? And I'm going to prove to you that we are all prodigals. Okay. In one way or the other. Okay, let me prove to you. Don't say that guy, this product. Oh, this one has to hear. Okay, we all fall into this category. This is one of the things that I've learned in the Bible. I don't want to preach to others. <laughs> I have to preach to myself. Says, that is when God speaks to me. See, even if, if doesn't, if God doesn't speak to me, it is, it will never come to you. See, even if it comes to you, it is on the head. It may touch you, but it, <laughs> it will definitely not impact my life. Okay, so this is very important for us to understand. So don't say that sinner, this person, this prodigal. Okay, we're all prodigals. Okay, oh, that prodigal, the prodigal has to return. No, 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 we're all prodigals. Let's see how uh, this uh, pans out in our lives. Let's read from verse 11 onwards from Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Famous, simple, simple truths, but so, so often we overlook. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, who said? The younger. Yeah. The father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And verse, verse 13, just read the first three verses. And not many days after, the younger gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his life or his possessions with prodigal living. That is from where we get the word, the prodigal son. Okay. You know, God is also a prodigal God. He wasted his life on us, so to speak. Okay, that's a word. Behold, what manner of love the Father has prodigaled. That's a word, actually. Wasted upon our lives. That we should be called the sons of God. So he is a prodigal God too, in that in that sense. Okay, He wasted his life, to, so to speak, quote-unquote. I mean, if you are to use strictly the word prodigal. It applies to him. Now that's the reason why I think one, one man of God, I don't want to mention his name. He wrote the book, The Prodigal God. I'm disappointed with him, okay? So I don't want to mention his name. So many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions in prodigal living. See, this is the younger son problem. This is, we all have the problem of the younger son. Who is the younger son? Okay, this is, a, this is again a spiritual reality, okay? Now if you look at the Bible, a younger, younger sons, young, spiritually, they have some problems. Okay, what are the problems that they face? And I'm not talking about just about youth. I'm just talking about the word younger. Okay, let us see if we fall into the category of the younger people. Let's, let's, let's turn to First Peter chapter 5. Let's, let, let's read from verse 5 onwards. Okay, 5 to 7. Okay, 5 to 7. Likewise, you younger people, what's your problem? Submission. Okay, see so if you have a problem with submission, you fall into this category. That's what I said, no? Don't say that prodigal. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, many older people also have a problem with submission to authority. Okay, like the, like Korah, Dathan and Abiram. The elders, they had a problem with Moses. Ma Madam Miriam and 
father Aaron, brother Aaron, sorry. They also had a problem with Moses. Why? It's all a problem of submission. Okay. See, this is all spiritual realities. Everybody has an issue with submission. Okay. So, so when we talk about younger people, don't say that younger people, oh, younger people, this generation, yo, <laughs> Baba, you are also in that category. I have seen so many elder people struggling with submission. Because they're all spiritual realities. No. Okay. That's what, that's the reason why Paul tells Timothy, let not anyone despise your youths, but be an example to other believers in what? In speech, in love, in faith, and in purity. Boy, he talks about that. So you can be a young person, but you could be a father. Why? Because you learned the principle of submission. So he says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. So what is the problem that younger people have? Submission, meaning these restrictions, so to speak. Why should I come under somebody else's leadership? It's a very difficult thing for them to come under. Come under. Be under. I mean, it's remarkable. Jesus came under the subjection of his parents. That's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, that is that is interesting, incredible. That he will not subvert his authority too. I remember so many years back I mentioned this. No, there was one sister um, who got saved through our sermons, and uh, she had she was diagnosed with cancer, and um, powerfully used of God in those days, and she was dying of cancer. But Pastor James used to hold on and say, "Lord, please say healer, healer." And one day, you know, she she. She was talking to Pastor James and uh, in, the, in, the, in the chat. And she said, Pastor, release me. The Lord is asking me to come home. Release me. I mean, I was stunned when that statement, when she made that statement. She said, unless and until you release me, even the Lord is not going to come and take me. I mean, uh, how God is, right? He submits himself to his, uh, to his authority, even in the church. I, 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 was, uh, I was stunned when Pastor was talking about it, right? The earth he has given to the children of men. So even though God has promised, unless and until we pray and allow God to move on our behalf, He will not move on our behalf. Because He has given it to us. He will not, He will come and sub- submit Himself to the same authority that He has established. And therefore He teaches that truth to all of us in the life of His, uh, of His Son, uh, Jesus Christ. When He sends His Son in the flesh, He has to submit to His to his to his parents in order for him to grow in stature and in wisdom and to find favor with God and with man. Because God gives grace to the who? To the humble. And Jesus has to come full of grace and truth. How can you have full of grace and full of truth unless and until you yourself will submit to the authorities that you have established? You see? Unfortunately, there are so many leaders to whom the rules do not apply. It's a very sad state. If you are a leader, boy, you should be more scared. You should be more circumspect in your walk with the Lord. Okay. So, uh, young people, younger people, when we are talking about younger people, don't, don't just say, oh, those young people, this generation, they have a problem, they are rebels, etc. You are also a rebel, albeit a more mature one. And sophisticated at that. Because you are an educated fellow. Understand that. I mean, I've seen, I've seen educated rebels all over, all around. Old rebels, young rebels, but they're all rebels, with or without a cause. 
<laughs> I'm not a rebel without a cause, sir. Really? Yeah. You see that? So he says, likewise, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be what? Clothed. The word clothed occurs only once in the New Testament. Here. It's a special garment. It's an April. It's an apron, you know, who wears this uh, um, dress? It is the young, the lowest of the society. It's a dress of a servant. You know, Jesus himself, right? He says, you call me master, you call me Lord. Yes, I'm your master. Yes, I'm Lord. If I be your master and your Lord, wash your feet. How much more you should wash one another's feet, he says. That's a principle he's trying to, he's trying to uh, teach us. Through his life, clothed yourself with humility. Why? For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's what he says. You know what? Rebels, if you're a rebel, God lets, lets you go. This is essentially talking to all rebels and we are all rebels. And look at what it says in the next verse. Verses 6 and 7. If Therefore he says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The problem is because we want to be exalted not in due time, in our time. That is the reason why exaltation comes not from the east to the west, but it comes from above. Because he puts down one, he raises another. But we don't want to be raised up by God. We want to raise ourselves up like Satan. I will ascend. I will ascend. I will ascend. I will ascend. Okay. Suddenly we want positions in, in, in different, different places where our world is got some weight. Weight? Hmm. For that weight. Because that weight is heavy. Okay, see, uneasy lies the head that wears the crown, said Francis Bacon. Uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. The crown comes with a tremendous head, I mean weight on your head. That responsibility is something which is unbelievable. Okay. okay. I want to become senior pastor. No, I know. What the burden to be a senior pastor is. Because the buck stops there. Everything here. The whole weight is on you. Wait for that weight. You see, we all want to get exalted before our time. You see. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That's the prayer of Jabez, right? Jabez was what? Let your hand be over my life. He says, it was Jabez's prayer was in other words, Lord, let me be under your hand. Meaning you exalt me in due time. But let me be always under your hand. He may exalt you. And what is your problem? Casting all your care upon him. Oh, people will take advantage of me. If I come under authority, they will abuse me. What if the authority is abusive? Don't worry. Every authority comes from where? From God. He will remove if that authority is abusive. You don't have to worry. You just stay under. Okay, don't play God. For this restrictions. A lot of people, other other people, so, so many people have this problem. Oh, this restrictions. There's no freedom. There's no freedom at all. You know, you break the walls. Who will beat? Who will bite you? Who's waiting for you? The serpent is waiting for you. You breach the wall. You want to go away from these restrictions. The serpent is there. Serpent is there waiting. That's the reason why he says, "Be sober." Then the very next word he says, "Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. See, be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like like a roaring lion. You know what? The word for walks about is a is a word perismo, from which we get the word peris, perimeter, meaning he's just circling, he's looking for a breach in the wall so that he can come and devour you. And you, 
So many times you act foolishly in that we just break the wall saying, saying, you know what, I don't want to come under these restrictions, Baba. Too many restrictions. No freedoms. Nobody recognizes my talent. That is the reason why even Paul says, you know what, when you're putting somebody into the eldership, he says, let it not be a recent convert first thing. He says, let them be tested first. If he is not, if he's a recent convert, what will happen? He will fall in the snare of the devil. Because he gets popped up with pride. Otherwise, if he's not tested, he will fall under condemnation of the devil. If he doesn't have a good reputation with the people outside. Understand? These are all restrictions. Spiritual truths. That we all have to adhere to. And we'll say restrictions, Lord. What is these restrictions? We want freedom. We want freedom. You'll get into more bondage. Hmm? So these restrictions, said the prodigal son. It's interesting, right? Let's go back to Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. And verse um, 13. Hmm? Not many days after, after he took all this property, he's just looking for the right opportunity. You see, not many days after, okay, I got my rights. Did the father not know about the son's art? I think he knew. But he also knew his son. This is the only way. I can't stay, make him stay in my house. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together. Notice these words my dear brothers. Underline these words. Gather. And what did he do? He gathered all that he had journeyed to a far country. In other words, he went away as far as possible from the influence of his godly father. I remember Zach Poonan's eldest son, no? <laughs> in his, one of his testimony, he said, I wanted to be as far as far as possible away from Zach Poonan. That's what he said <laughs> in one of his testimonies. These restrictions, I was waiting for the opportunity then when I leave my home and go. But later, of course, he came back, no? Thank God for all these honest testimonies. Otherwise, we'll have all these, uh, uh, you know, misconceptions about godly, godly children's, uh, godly people's children. Hmm? They also have their struggles. In fact, they'll have more struggles than you, than normal children. PKs. Pastor's kids. No? <laughs> okay. So, he went as far as possible from the influence of his godly, godly father. I don't want to live here with, with you. You know what he was thinking? I am wasting my life over here. How many of you, how, how many people think? I am wasting. <laughs> so many people came to me. We say, you're, Wasting your life in these restrictions. There are no avenues to um, showcase your talent and your gifts. Hmm? See, this is a spiritual truth explained in physical terms. In terms of distance over here. It's not a distance from the father. You could be in a far away country like Daniel. Away from the promised land, so to speak. But God was very close with Daniel. He was absolutely in the presence of the Lord. In terms of his relationship. I mean, he could say, Lord, where can I run run from your presence? Even if I make my bed in hell, you are are there. You could be as far away in Egypt like Joseph was from the influence of his father, so to speak, godly father. 
But right there in Egypt, he experienced the hand of God even more than if he would, he would have stayed with his godly father. Why? The Lord was with him. Okay. It is not the distance we are talking about over here. You could be well inside the church and be far from God. That's my point. You could still be a prodigal. Inside the church. That's what he tells the Ephesus, Ephesian church. Right? What does he say? You have a, you have all these things going on, but you have lost your, first love. let's look at that. Revelation chapter, Revelation chapter 2 verses uh, 1 onwards, two, I mean, not verse 1 onwards. Let's read, uh, read from verse uh, um, 2 onwards. Yeah. I know your works. Yeah. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You have tested those who say there are apostles and not have found them liars. You have perceived and, not, and have patience and have labored my, for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have what? What, what is the word? Left. You are gone so far away from your first life. Remember therefore from where you have what? Fallen. And repent and do the first works. Can you imagine that you could be right there in the church and be far from God? You could be right there in the promised land, but in your heart worshipping idols, it says in 2 Kings chapter 17, those people worship their idols secretly. Look at what uh, Jeremiah says about this in Jeremiah chapter 2. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 2, let's read from verses 1 to 5. Jeremiah chapter 2 verses 1 to 5, okay? Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me. Can we put it in the KJV, if you don't mind? Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. Oh boy, you were in love with me. Where? Not in the promised land. Where? In the wilderness. He's not obviously talking about the first generation, he's talking about the second generation, which was growing, the Phineas generation, if you will. Okay, my favorite generation, my kind of people. Okay, the Phineas generation, which was growing in the wilderness, who were absolutely sold out to their God. Hmm? When thou wentest after me in the, in the in the wilderness, in the land that was not sown, and what happened? Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of his increase, all that devour him shall offend, evil shall come upon them, says the Lord. And verse 4 and 5, Hear ye the word of the Lord, how house of Jacob and all the families of the house of Israel. Verse 5, Thus says the Lord, What iniquity have your fathers found in me that you have got? What? Far from me. Oh, you have gone far from me. And I walked after vanity and I have become vain. In other translations, you will use the word, you have gone after idols and you have become worthless. You have become idols, you have followed idols, and have become idolaters, and you have become worthless. What has happened to you? What has happened? And he uses some interesting language. He says, can a bridegroom forget her wedding garments? Garments? Can a virgin forget her, forget her ornaments? Answer is impossible. <laughs> wedding dress, nobody will forget. To share it also is great. They will put it only for a few hours. After that, they will put it for the rest of their life. Nobody should touch it. Unless and until they decide to hand it on, hand it on to their uh, children. But their children will say, I want, I want to have my own wedding dress. Okay, that's a different, uh, thing altogether. But you understand this. You have far, you have gone far from me. Where are you? You are in the promised land. You are in Jerusalem. You are right under the nose of the temple, if you will. <laughs> but what has happened to you? You have gone after other gods. What did you see? What kind of iniquity have you, fa- have your fathers found in me? 
You've gone far from me. What did this prodigal want to do? He didn't want to stay under those restrictions. He wanted to be as far as possible from his influence of his godly father. As far as possible. I want to lead my own life. I want to do my own thing. I want to. That's the essence of sin. We all, like what? Sheep have gone astray. And we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah 53 verse 6. Don't have to turn there. Okay. So, see, and what did you do? You became what? You worshipped idols and you became worthless. Understand that. That is the reason why if you look at 1 John chapter 5, the last verse, what does it say? Little children, turn away from idols. No, you, you you should understand this very important truth, okay? If you just read verse 21, you also miss a certain important um, nuance. Read verses 20 and 21 together. It will be very interesting. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us what? An understanding that we may know Him who is true and we are... In him who is true, we are in him who is true and in his son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal. This is the true God and this is the eternal life. So my dear little children, turn away from those idols which will promise you what? Life. This is the true God and not those idols. So what could be an idol? Your career could be an idol. Your money could be your idol. Your reputation in the world could be your idol. Whatever is, could be your idol. What you were looking for, comfort. Sometimes your your very, what do you say, um, habit could be your idol. If you don't find comfort in God and find comfort in entertainment, for example. Oh, I had such a terrible, terribly stressful day. What What is a normal reaction of people? Oh, let me watch a movie. Some solace, albeit temporary. You see, your fix could be your idol, your drink could be your idol, because you're looking for that for your comfort. Understand? Hmm. That is not life. Okay, that is the reason I says, do not be drunk and drunk with wine, in which is what? You know what the word prodigal, excess, waste. <laughs> Okay, but be filled with the Spirit. That is life. Okay, this is eternal life. What? To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That is eternal life, and you'll have satisfaction there. You see, so don't. So you could be far gone from God. You could be sitting right there in the middle of the church service, but your heart is totally away from God. Understand that? I have seen that, no? There's so many people. It's just a matter of time that they will leave. The first prodigal in the Bible, Cain. The second prodigal in the Bible, Lot. He, I think he caused the strife. It was planned, I believe. That's what I feel. No, See, because immediately look at the decision that he takes. Let us sort it out. He never, never says that. Have you seen that? No? He never says, 
Uncle, let us sort it out. What? Taking first choice nonsense. Where are we? We are brothers. Let us sort this thing out. It's possible. There is no problem which cannot be sorted if both parties are humble. I'm sure that was a strife which was deliberate. So that somehow his uncle, he wanted, he didn't want to make the first choice. He wanted somebody to say it, no. Then finally he can play. My uncle asked me to take the first choice. Pastor asked me to leave. But you created all the strife so that one day he can come and say this, no. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> See? Strife was deliberate. You're looking for opportunities to be away. See, the second prodigal, we'll come to that prodigal later on. But understand this, these are all principles. Why you don't like these restrictions? What is this guy, Baba, all the time walk, walking, walking, walking in the promised land from one tent to another? Will he not buy a property of his own? When is he going to settle down? No children also. Oh, at least he's got no children. I have children. What about their future? Anyways, he's not having children. And I have daughters. He has no sons, no daughters. So no problem. He can keep moving from one place to another. What about me? Generally, all these people, these are all things that many people make decisions, no? My daughters have to get married. What about them? They come to churches only to look for alliances. Unbelievable it is. Ah, in that church, we'll find some godly people. I can look for an alliance for your daughter. Baba, I don't want that ch- such people in my church. And I will not recommend my young people to your daughter, for sure. Hmm? Vice versa. It could be the other way too. Why should we only talk about sons, no? I should also talk about daughters, no? no? You see? Understand this. Okay. So what happened? This guy, he gathered all that he got. Let's go to Luke's Gospel chapter 15 and verse 13. Look at what it says. After many days, not after many, not after, not after many days, not after many days, and not many days after, the young son gathered all that he had and he journeyed off to a far country. That means he went away as far as possible from the influences of his godly father because if he sees his father, he will always be convicted. He doesn't want to have anything to do with conviction. I remember, you know, one man of God saying, uh, this guy is in the church, new believer, new convert, okay, is on fire for God, and then he goes to university. After the first semester in the university, he comes back to church and he says, this guy's zeal is gone, everything is gone, and he comes to uh, the pastor. pastor says, what's up with you guys? What is, what is, you are such a guy on fire for you, what is happening to you? What has happened to you? And uh, the guy says... I've gone to university, I've taken a few courses. I don't know if God really exists or not. I have to really reconsider this Christianity thing. And you know what the pastor says, a wise man? Who's that girl? Who's that girl? Shocked. I know. That is not you who's speaking. You should know our own young people, okay? Understand that? So what did he do? He gathered, took a far journey, and there, scattered. That's the word. (laughs) It's amazing. He gathered all that he got, and he scattered. 
it's the words word is wasted his goods the word is goods okay he's consumed his goods <laughs> you see he scattered his substance i'll tell you something no so much of our life is a scatter isn't it we scatter our time when we are young we have so much of energy we scatter our energy scattered energy most importantly in girlfriends i think girlfriend is a greater problem than drugs that's my my opinion my personal my could be wrong okay you not to be seen where is this fellow scattering all the time he would have never spent 25 minutes reading the bible but he will spend two and a half hours talking to his girlfriend on the phone what has happened to you scattered i know no scattering our time baby i love you baby i love you baby i love you never said god i love you and what does she do ungli pe nachate samson's life is full of scatter went to philistine saw that girl fell in love came back saw the carcass ate all the time scattering 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 he took all his anointing gathered all his, all his all his anointing went into the world and scattered it scattering his seed left right and center abroad understand this my dear brother so much of our life is a scatter you see i'll tell you something when you go away from the presence of god and you have no character for something which has been gathered in your life you do not have the character to hold it your life will be a scatter you'll have tremendous energy dissipated in all kinds of nonsense except for the right cause which is god alone there's no other cause brian and song worth dying for or something like that your love is like bad medicine bad medicine is what i need bon jovi right no <laughs> oh and we all just sing your love is like bad come on oh come on exactly you took that medicine scattered our energies scattered our resources scattered our time so many young people their life is a scatter unfortunate very unfortunate in the prime of their lives when they can be when they can come under the discipline of godly leadership and their energies and their resources can be harnessed come under the ringer and allow the the supernatural power of god to flow through their lives you know what they do they scatter scatter of money how how we scatter our money right how we scattered our money baba buda diye paisa in india we do this paisa uda diye time uda diye life uda diye jesus is in the process of what gathering enemies in the process of scattering you have become what a partaker of the enemy's work that's what jesus says he who does not gather with me scatters abroad and what has happened with us because we didn't want want to come under you know the those the so called strict 
strict rules and guidelines and restrictions. That's what you thought. You know what James calls it? He calls it the dash law of liberty. Perfect law of liberty. But how do we look at law? Restrictions. Oh, we have to take all these decisions, we have to consult others. Come on! When are we going to grow? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> if I have got wings, I'll fly. Yeah. Exactly. Red, red bull, huh? Oh, yes. I didn't know they copy all my sayings. <laughs> Before I can say it. <laughs> you see, they have nothing original. Anyway. See, understand this, my dear brothers. You see, that's the reason why even Haggai says, Haggai says in Haggai chapter 1, let's read from verse 2 onwards. Hmm? Haggai chapter 1, verse 2 onwards. This is what he says. You know, look at what Haggai says, no? Huh? And in the second, verse 2, verse 2, sorry. Okay. Thus, thus speaks the Lord of hosts saying, the, the, this people say, the time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet saying, is it time for you to, yourself to dwell in your Paneled houses and, and this temple to what? Lie in ruins and who is the temple in the new covenant? We? Are we not the temple of the Holy Spirit? And what is the promise that God has given? Rise up and build. Are we building our lives? Are, it, are we still scattering? We are gathering to scatter. We have gathered all the energies and the resources of the kingdom and what we are doing, we are scattering in the world. And then he you know, goes on to say, now therefore, thus says the Lord God of your of hosts, you know, the entire book of Haggai, the two 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 chapters of Haggai, if you want to if you want to title it, consider your ways. That's your that's the title of Haggai. You have sown much. Ah, you gather little. You scatter a lot, but you get only a little. But you not you don't have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages earns wages to put into a bag with. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. I mean, I was I was literally every you know every month I'm just calculating. No, I'm not speaking it out. I'm calculating how much I'm giving and how much is to waste. How much of my money was getting scattered? You know why? Because I was not disciplined in my spending. So much of our money, think about it. How many of us can really account for every dime that we get from the kingdom of God? From the hands of God? Doesn't matter if you're working in the secular field or in full-time ministry. Because the money is not yours. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. That my silver, my gold, which I have entrusted into your hands, are you scattering? Are you using it for gathering? Is a question. So when we look at prodigals, let us not say, oh, those are the prodigals, I am okay. See, we don't like restrictions. You know, that's the reason why we want to be like the stallions. With a mane flying. Oh, look at that beauty. Useless beauty. Have you seen a horse? The strength of a horse? Under control? See? That fellow is absolutely useless. This guy, tamed. Hmm? So, consider your ways. 
You're scattering so much. Your life is a scatter. Why? First thing, you're a young man, meaning you didn't like submission. Second, you didn't like the restrictions. And third, you wanted to go as far as possible away from the influence of godly leadership or whatever godly influences in your life. Fourth, and because of that, what has happened? You don't have the character to hold what has God has entrusted into your hands. You, therefore, your life is an absolute scatter. See? I'm telling you, you know, my life was such a scatter. Even till date, I have to struggle with ordering. Why? It's so much of a scatter. We all struggle with it in different levels, right? So much of our life is scatter. How much of time we waste on watching news, for example. It's, we scatter our life in news. Most of it is not even worth our time. Look at what it says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verses 41 hmm? and 42. 41 and 42. Okay, just put those two verses together. Uh, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled. You know the word for troubled? Tumult. Tumultuous you are. Worried, anxious. About how many things? Many things. Easily distracted. Marthas are easily distracted people. Albeit they have a good heart. They have a lot of energy. They can work. They can put their minds and their hearts. If they if they decide they can do a lot of work, but most of it is useless. Because they are distracted with many things. Troubled and worried. Taking thought, it says, about many things. That means they waste their thinking on so many things. You know, there are, there are parallel processes which are running in your mind. Back-end processes, parallel processes. They're all cloud computers. Unbelievable we are. We like parallel processing. But useless. Decentralized control. <laughs> Ayyo. <laughs> okay. In, in the kingdom of God, there's no like, nothing like decentralized control. Everything is centralized. From the head. If you have two heads, what do you have? Division. Double vision. Understand that? Scattered. That is what he says. Dipsychos. Double-minded. Tumultuous. All around the place. All over the place. Troubled with so many things. What are, what are we most of the times troubled with? Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 onwards. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat. Like pastor was praying, I was thinking, boy, in the morning, the, this is the verse which I, which I was typing in the, in, the, in, the, in the early morning when I was preparing for today's word. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, don't take thought. In other words, don't scatter your thinking about your life. What, are, what is about your life? What will you eat? Means, once in a while, shut down your system. Shut it down completely. Good for you. At least you will have good health. Yesterday I was reading an article uh, about uh, how fasting will fight cancer. New research has shown that if you want to have a good life, long life, practice. Because it detoxifies your entire system. So go to regular times of fasting. Shut down. What shall we eat? Because from morning or sometimes for the whole week we have the menu. The menu for the whole week. 
especially in our Indian families. Oh, yo, today no fish, what will we cook? When are they thinking about that? When we are making breakfast. They still haven't finished their breakfast, they are thinking about dinner. You see? Shut down your system once in a while. Shut it down. Good for us, especially if you are young. And if you can't fast when you are young, you will never be able to fast when you become old. Your body will never ever cope or rather support your decisions. It will say, Mere se hota. <laughs> It will have an attitude of its own. <laughs> that is the reason that Paul says, I beat my body and bring it to subjection. I say, you body, you listen to me. Okay. Sleepless. Shut down. Once in a while, shut down the system. Close it. 40 years you've been having non-stop. That engine was working. Poor fellow. He needs some overhauling. Right? Give him some rest. Okay. You will eat what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear about your body. He says, is not life more than food and body more than clothing? What are you doing? You are just scattering your mind on all your thinking, all your intelligence. What are you using? How to eat, what to eat, what to wear, what to put on, which house to build, where to invest. This is all your thinking. Scattering your mind and scattering the resources that God has given you. All the energies and the money and the time spent on some things which is absolutely useless. It says, food for the stomach, stomach for the food. Uh, right? But, God will destroy both. Kya baat hai? Sir, and you are spending time on something that God will destroy. Both your belly and your food. Kya baat hai? Interesting, no? So once in a while, shut down your system, especially food lovers like us. My goodness, when food is... We just think about food, salivation comes, no? We salivate in our, in, in, in our tongues. But that is how it is. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we put on? What shall we wear? The, all our life is about that. Which house to build? Where to send our children? Which kind of education to give? Oh my goodness, I have heard parents talking about, uh, you know, my child is, uh, she, she gave me a calculation. I hope she doesn't listen to this, okay. Even if she doesn't listen, it's okay, no problem. Okay. Uh, she gave me a calculation. She said, my child is already six years old. She's still in this grade. If she continues like this, she will be already 22 by the time she finishes this. Who's going to marry her? I said, boy, you already thought about marriage. This girl is not, in, not even seven or eight. I want to be like the father in First Corinthians chapter 7. He decides about certain things. Okay, I don't. I'll leave it to you to read it and get convicted. Okay, what? This is this is how they think. All they can think about this. And look at what it says. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap or gather into barns, and you gather to root to do what? To scatter. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more of, of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? And then go on. So why do you worry about clothing? In other words, you are worried about so many things. How many of you are worried about clothing? Clothing. Clothing is a big thing, Baba. 
Do we have so many clothing industries and uh, online clothing stores? Everything is designer now. Everything. Even masks. And others. Okay. So you can add, add in that category. I don't want to mention from the pulpit. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet, yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And go on, go on. Now, if God's clothes, or the grass of the field which is today and gone tomorrow, how much will he? And the word is much more clothe you. Okay, whenever God sees somebody's, somebody's clothing, he says, blah, blah, much more. Okay, I don't, that is very little. He said, spend little on your clothing. He didn't say, wear little clothing. There's a lot of difference. Okay. You understand, no? Let us see a difference between spend little on your clothing. That doesn't mean wear little clothing. When we have incredible mathematical equations, unfortunately. Okay. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For all these things, who seek? The Gentiles. But verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't keep on getting worried about all these things. That is the reason why mind is so important. He keeps him in what kind of peace? Perfect peace for his mind who is absolutely focused on God. Isaiah 26.3 what kind of a, what a tremendous verse. Why? Because he trusts in him. He is absolutely focused. He is not scattered in his mind. His thoughts are not all over the place. Okay. If you see some people's handwriting, you will know whether his thoughts are... Of course, some people think very fast and their hands, they can't catch up. So, they scribble. That happens most often to me. To me, so therefore I type. So I hardly write because typing slows me down. Actually, okay, writing it just goes races off. So my handwriting, my hand doesn't catch up with my thoughts. So I, I just you know uh, do integration like that. So it's not good. Hmm? So perfect peace. Your you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is what stayed. The word is to anchor. On you. Because he trusts in you. Anchor. Perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. That's the word. Double superlative. Perfect peace. Peace himself is shalom. Perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. Therefore he says in Luke's gospel chapter 10 verse 41 and 42. Look at that verses again. Hmm? He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about so many things. But what is, how many things are needful? One thing is needful. And that one thing you will not do. <laughs> one thing. You know, that's, that's, everything in life boils down to what? One thing. One thing. One thing have I desired of the Lord. We sing that song so nicely. With beautiful verses and stanzas. The Lord smile are in salvation. Sing all those songs. All this in Psalm 27 only, right? All songs based on Psalm 27, all lies in beauty, composed with fantastic music, actually. Okay. Some in minor, some in major. So minor lies, major lies. <laughs> Unfortunate we are, no? You see? And some are lying hymns. Okay. Oh Lord, you are my light. Same on Psalm 27, right? 
all hymns, songs, minor, major, all songs, lies. In as far as we are concerned. That is the reason why it says, the word of God in my mouth should be truth. The word of God is true, but it should be true in my mouth. But how can it be true in a scattered mind's mouth? You see. Understand this. So what has happened to Swallow? He takes his resources. What does he do first? He says, he says, he's a young fellow. That means what? Doesn't want to submit. He wants to go as far as possible from the influence of godly authorities. He wants to go away from all restrictions. Okay. He gathers and then he scatters. In what living? Prodigal living. It's waste. Let me tell you something. The problem is with this guy, he is wasting his life with drunkenness. These are all ostensible things, right? But so many of our lives are wasted in things which we think are of value, but in eternity have no value at all. Look at the, like, like the guy in Luke's Gospel chapter 12. What is he doing? He's building bigger and bigger barns with incredible focus. His singular focus is to have the biggest barn. But you know what God says? You scattered. Because this night your soul will be demanded of you. And what is going to happen to those things that you have gathered all these days? What is going to happen to you? These are all ostensible things. And he wasted his time in what living? Prodigal living. Wasted living. Wasting. Excess. The word is excess. You know, that is the reason why Paul keeps on saying, be temperate in all things. Beautiful verses. The word is, don't become excess in everything. And as far as God is concerned, be excess. But in every other thing, be temperate. Eat selectively. Spend choosingly. Save fantastically. Give fantastically. Save to give fantastically. That's the reason why you know, one of the disciplines of Christianity is frugality. Say that? Frugality. <laughs> These are all, in our dictionary it is not even there. Even though if you know, you know the meaning of frugality, of course. We say conjuice. But that is uh, just to escape our own conscience. Hey, that fellow so conjuice, re. Look at him. But you don't even know how much he's saving and how much he's giving to the Lord. You don't even know. You don't even know. You're only looking at his outward appearance and you're saying, he doesn't even take care of his... But you don't know how much he's spending. I remember that guy, you know, used to have shoes also. He was not he was not uh, buying new shoes. Everything he was giving away. And he was a multimillionaire. Multimillionaire. But look at his life. Absolutely simple. Understand this. Hmm? These are... Things that we have to practice, no? Otherwise, ours also will become excess. Excess. In so many things, we are excess. We are not temperate. He says, Paul uses the word temperate in all things. You know, he who is an athlete, what is he? He's temperate in all things. He who strives for mastery, he says in the KJV. He's temperate in all things. And he does that to get a what crown? Perishable crown. And we... 
And therefore, how much more we have to practice what? To being what? To be temperate and not to be excess. Okay. Understand. Hmm? So, what did he do? He spent in prodigal living. And let's go back to Luke's Gospel chapter 15. Now, let's read from verse 14. Hmm? And not... Yeah, verse 14 now. Hmm? Wasted his possessions on uh, with prodigal living. And then, when he had spent all... Okay, it's interesting. He came to the zero bank account and he thought, okay, now I can go and work and make more money. But exactly when he spent all, God sent a famine. Kya baat hai? That's amazing, no? And he began to be in want. Severe, not just an ordinary famine. Severe famine in the land. Thank God for severe famines. How many of you can say amen to that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very difficult to say amen, Baba. Very, very, very difficult to say uh, we have to say oh, amen to great famines in my life. No, <laughs> Lord, I wish so many people say. Thank God. That's the reason why he says, you know what? I took you into the, into the wilderness. I caused you to hunger so that I can show you what is in your, ah, to know. Not he, he already knows. God already knows what is there in your heart. Even before you think, he knows all the thoughts that you think. Such such knowledge is too wonderful for me, says uh, David. But the point here is this: you ha- you don't know that your heart is deceitful about all things and desperately uh, desperately wicked. I, the Lord, search the hearts to give every man according to his deeds. He says. So he sent famine into the land. I love famines, God says. I allow lack, and I thank God for famine in our lives. Which is caused by God so that it causes us to what? Search God. I remember the famine in my own life. But brothers, do famines really drive us to God? Do they cause us to seek God with all of our hearts? If God has sent in your life situations and circumstances, lack, Want. Did we see God? Okay. Three years there was a famine in whose, whose time? David's time. And what did he do? Immediately he inquired of God. Three years there was a famine in Ahab's time. What did he do? You troubler of Israel. And he's searching all over the country to feed his horses. Not even the people. He's not even concerned about the people. Let them die. One of the, see those, these are the questions we need to ask ourselves. You know, I was writing this down in the, morning, in the morning. He says, what's going on in my life, God? Why this continuous want? Why this continuous failure? Why this con- continuous constant lack in my life? What are you teaching me? What are you trying to tell me? Speak, Lord. Will the Lord speak? Of course he will speak. Did he not speak to it to David? He has caused a famine. And he spoke to David. He caused a famine during Elijah's time. Will he not speak to Ahab if he speaks the Lord? Seeks the Lord? He would have. He began to be in want. He began to be in lack. 
one of the questions that we need to ask ourselves is, Lord, why is there constant lack in my life? Why is there constant struggle? What is going on? What are you trying to teach me? What are the disciplines that you are trying to teach me in my life that I have to inculcate? If we get more money, we spend more, don't we? You know, that that is constant. Zero bank balance, but another month. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter how much. My, my wife used to tell me, Vijay, doesn't matter how much you get. You can get 20,000, you get 1 lakh. <laughs> By the end of the month, you'll have zero. That much I can guarantee you. But of course, now I've taken, taken it as a challenge. Okay. She prophesied, but I'm going to prove her prophecies wrong. Okay. No financial discipline at all. Why is there constant lack? What is? What are you teaching me, Lord? Is it because you have withheld what belongs to God? Yeah, you. your life belongs to God. The point here is, look at how this guy, even though there is severe famine in the land, what his, you know, the rogue's last resort, they say. Look at what it says in verse 15. He went and joined himself to whom? To the citizen of that country. Did he see God? No. No, 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 no. Don't underestimate, my dear brothers, the power of the world. Whom did he join himself to? You know the word for citizen in the Greek? Polities. From which we get the word? Politics. Precisely. Precisely though. That means... There is situations and trials in your life God has allowed and what are you looking for solutions to? Politicians. And do politicians factor God? I mean that is the reason why Trump is not a politician. Man, which politician did you see? I am not the boss, he is the boss. Did anybody say? I don't know how much he meant it, but at least he said it. He was not ashamed to speak the name of Jesus. I am not the one, he is the boss. Jesus... The word Jesus, how difficult it is to get it out of Obama's mouth or Biden's mouth. He will say Inshallah, but not Jesus. Okay. I mean, think about it, no? There was a beheading in France and the president of France made a statement, Islam is in crisis and the whole Islamic world is in a turmoil now. Everybody is protesting. What are you protesting? Are you protesting that fellow who cut off that fellow's head? Did you go on a protest when somebody somebody's head was cut off because of a religion? And somebody criticized that, that statement you are saying that it is a problem? A false god, there can be an uproar when there is a blasphemy against a true god. Not even a single believer will come and say anything on the internet or anything. Look at eBay. Look at the kind of merchandise they sell on eBay. How they how they blaspheme the name of Jesus. And what, are, what have you done? You have joined yourself to the politicians now. Look at the power of the world, my dear brothers. Never underestimate the power of the world. Never, never underestimate the power of the world. You know, test your worldometer. There is barometer, which measures pressure. There is tachometer, which measures speed. Voltometer measures how much of the world is there inside of you. 
thermometer measures temperature. Voltmeter measures volt. And how much is your voltmeter? This fellow, he is there in the midst of a famine and a crisis. And what does he do? He joins himself. You know where the word occurs? First Corinthians chapter six, verse fifteen onwards. Do you not know that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? You're, what are you doing? You're still joined to the world? Certainly not, he says. And look at verse 16. Do you not know that he who is what? Joined to a harlot is one body with her. For the two, for the two he says, shall become one flesh. And he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And what have you done? You have joined yourself to the world. You still haven't learned your lesson. Don't ever underestimate the power of the world. I'm telling you, let me tell you something. No, I learned it from the Bible. Replete in scripture. Lord makes a decision to join himself to the what? To the world. Now he looks at Sodom and he says, it looks like Eden and it looks like Egypt. What a combination. And what happens? God sends something into his, li- into his life, a famine. Right? He sends a famine into his land. Into his life. He's caught lack. Whatever the situation, he's in trouble now. Who has to rescue him? His uncle has to come and rescue him. He rescues him. Has he learned his lesson? No. <laughs> goes back straight into the world. Takes his deliverance, goes back straight into the world. And I've seen so many people who are delivered and they take that deliverance and go back straight into the world. You know why? Because they have joined to the world. They are joined to the world. That is the reason why uh, what 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 does the word Levite mean? Joined to the Lord. Joined to my husband. Look at the power of the world. You know, that is the reason why. That is the reason why. Be very careful when you taste the world. The pleasures of this world. And the pleasures and the treasures. God has ever allowed a famine into your land, Ahab. Whom are you joined to? Whom are you joined to? Are you joined to the Lord? You're joined to Jezebel. You're still, you're going to indulge in your pleasure. And God is sending what? Incredible deliverance into your life. And what are you going to do? You're going to eat and drink and be merry. That's exactly what your life is. You're sold to pleasure. You're joined to the world. Don't underestimate the power. of This guy is in famine. You think he has learned his lesson? No. He's joined himself to the harlot. How many of us are like that? That is the reason a cursed is a man that what? Trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. The arm of flesh will do what? Will fail you. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Have you seen that? And he says even during the time of drought, he will not be anxious. And in fact he will be fruitful more during the time of drought it says in Jeremiah chapter 17. Have you understood that? Joined yourself to the harlot. Joined yourself to the world. Underestimate. Never underestimate. Look at this. No, the power of the world. You know, I just want to taste it. One taste is enough. That is the reason why. You know what Daniel says? I will not defile myself. Hurry, one taste, one little meat, little drink, one one pig. What's the problem? Once I tasted, and if I my my taste, my my worldly taste buds have been titillated boss is going to be very, very difficult to give it up. The power of the world never underestimate. You know what it says? The whole world, what? Lies in the sway. You know what it actually says? The, the whole world is in the wicked one. 
That's a very interesting word. The whole world lies in the wicked one. Either you should be what? In Christ or if you are not in Christ, where are you? In the world. That means what? In the, in the wicked one. That is the reason why it's called the ruler of this world. The God of this age. The prince of the power of the earth. So many titles given to the devil. Why? The whole world is there in the, in the, in the wicked one. It's a powerful, 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 what do you say? Uh, a force, pleasures and treasures. Choke the word it says. The cares of this world. The pleasures of this life. Choke the word and they don't, they don't bring forth fruit unto maturity. Why? Because they're joined to the world. Understand this. These are all spiritual truths. Then once you taste the world, you know, Daniel said, I don't even want to know the taste. Just a little taste. No, I don't even want to know the taste. Once I tasted Baba, I don't know. See, once you say no, I mean, you say yes to the at the first step. The first step you say yes, it will be very difficult the second time. The first step you say no, it will be very easy the second time. And that is what, what does it say in, in Titus chapter 2? The grace of Lord has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say what? No to ungodliness and worldly passions. I do not want to even taste it. Taste. How do you know brother? How, how does it taste? How will you know? I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know the taste of anything for that matter. You know, so for example, there are certain habits that we have, that we have, uh, that we have practiced over and over and over because we thought it gave us pleasure. How difficult it is for us to give it up? Is it easy? The power of the world. This fellow has been delivered. It was a mighty deliverance wrought because of another man of God. Not his own. And now he should have learnt his lesson. But what does he do? He still is joined to Bera. What does Bera mean? The son of evil. The son of Satan. The power of the world, my dear brothers. It's so powerful. Once you taste it, you should taste and see and that the Lord is good. That is the reason why it says he did not, he chose the afflictions with the people of God than to indulge in the passing pleasures of sin. The problem is, that's what I'm saying, not all, not all prodigals will come back home. Lot is one prodigal who never came back. He didn't want to come back. When he knew destruction was coming to Sodom, it says he was lingering. What a statement. Underestimate the power of the world. Do you underestimate he is not withstanding the fact that he is called a righteous man three times? A prodigal has drunk from the world now and it is very, very difficult for him to give it up. That is the reason why don't get used to pleasures before their time. Before their time. For everything there is a... You know what the problem with this world is? With the with, the, with people who actually spend time in substance abuse, etc. You know what they do? What they were supposed to enjoy. They have all kinds of sexual pleasures. They indulge in all kinds of sexual fantasies. Which they are not supposed to indulge in. Okay, they open 100 doors. Which they are not supposed to open. You know what happens? What they were supposed to spend in 40 years in their, in, their, in, terms, in, their, in terms of their lives, they have ex- extinguished it and spent it off in 19 years. And after 19 years, do they have meaning? No, they have lost meaning in life and they want to commit suicide. That is the sad reality. What you were supposed to enjoy in its proper time and its proper order, you enjoyed it before time and you have spent all of your life in that. And now what has happened? Finished. Your life is over and you don't, you, there's no meaning for your life anymore. Because all that, that is the reason why you know Solomon says, I hated what? Life, he says. I hated life. He spent everything. All that he got, he scattered it. The power of this world. 
Unfortunate it is to see so many people. I'm, I'm scared for my own self. We indulge in certain things before that time. And what happens? We shorten our life. He still chooses Bera. Isn't it remarkable? <laughs> he still chooses Bera a lot. When God, when Abraham comes, Bera comes to Abraham also. What does he say? Take the soul, uh, take, uh, take the money, give me the souls. What does, what does Abraham say? Not even a single dime I want from you. This is not Supari. For those people who understand what I mean. I'm not a mercenary. I'm a marine. <laughs> I'm loyal to my God. I'm loyal to my government. The government is upon his shoulders. Understand that. Of course, I plagiarize that dialogue. Okay. You know which movie? We are no longer, we are not marine, we are not mercenaries, we are marines. It's a very good movie. Anyway. So, what does he do? Take the souls. The power of the world is still joined to Bera. And God has to come literally and pluck him out of Sodom. And he's still lingering. And Madam looks behind, finished. I mean, imagine, right? Eight pairs of feet. Not eight pairs, four pairs of feet walking outside Sodom. And God says, don't turn back. Suddenly, eight feet become six. That's it. And I believe Lot knew what had happened. He was just holding his daughters like this together and walking out of Sodom. The madam that he loved. Left behind. He can't even look now behind. So see, what did he do? He joined himself to the <laughs> to the politicians. And most politicians do this all the problems. I like that what Tom said in the in that interview. He said, You are no, a typical politician and I'm not. All politics, all air, no substance at all. See, joined himself. You join yourself to politicians, they will take you for a ride. Now think about it now. We thought one man is going to become the savior of our country and we gave him an unprecedented mandate the first time. It was unprecedented for the first time. And he got elected. And what did he do? Demonetized. And if you are really full of sense, what will you do? You will not elect him. What did, what did we do? Give him a more unprecedented mandate the next, the second time. Lock, stock and barrel. Think about that. See, God allows famines. And what do we do? We join ourselves to the harlots of this world. That is the reason why he says, what, what fellowship has light with darkness? Do not yoke yourself with unbelievers. And this guy goes directly and yokes himself to the world. And what does this fellow do? He sends him to the fields and he cannot even feed himself with the husks that the pigs are eating. 
look at that state and then you know that is our point when he ricks, hits what we call as what what bottom rock bottom the problem is not all rock bottoms are good stories <laughs> but thank god he recovers that is the, that is the reason why we are starting this you know if there there is hope for people who have hit rock bottom let's go back to luke's gospel chapter 15 And verse 17 onwards. So 16 onwards now. Okay. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the gods that the swine ate. Bah! Jewish kid among swine. Okay. He can't eat the swine because he's kosher. No? At least the pods that also he wants to fill, that, that also is not given to him. Thank God he allowed that to happen to his life. and no one gave him no help all friends disappeared hmm good they took your money and disappeared now you know there's only one friend in jesus nobody else and if you really had a true friend he would have corrected you right in right in the beginning but you didn't have any friends and then suddenly then it says but when he came to himself the word in 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 and i was when he came to his senses suddenly his senses were oh, lord what is going on in my life from where to where me kaha tha me kaha pahunch gaya how many of my finally ab ipur nana gurt ko chhod how many of my yeah exactly when he came to senses 15 17 when he came to senses that is the reason why you know you have to come to your senses how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and i perish in hunger that is a prodigal's final statement he comes to the reality you know what this is what we have to confront you know the most of the time we do not want to speak the things as they are because we think that we still haven't come to the point we are still waiting like david to commit adultery then i will sing psalm 51 Right? That is the reason why we don't sing that song. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. How often do we sing? Wait, wait, will be fun. Come, come it, and then we will sing that song. Yes, eh? What should we do? We have to preempt all this now. Come to his senses. Finally, he comes to his senses. He says, "What is going on with my life?" You know, the problem is you have to come to terms with your reality and to be able to speak it openly. a few good men you can't handle the truth <laughs> that's what, that's what he says jack nicholson says you can't handle the truth you can't handle the truth this time you know there's no other escape for me but to confront truth in my life no thank god i didn't have flatterers around me nobody is there i'm left all by myself you know he was alone with god right there god found him it was him and god alone and we have to come to a point in our lives where we and god have to settle accounts at that instant of time we have to we have to come to that point regularly that's it confrontations by dooth ka dooth pani ka pani bas bolo kya ho raha hai yahan par you know what speak reality the way it is i am in my pig's den pen don't say i am in how i or whatever don't embellish reality i am not so bad 
Worst situation, speak it out. Say it out. Don't try to hide it. He who hides his sin will not prosper. How many of us try to cover it up? All cover, 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 cover. Patchwork. Microsoft. That's what I call it, no? We do Microsofts. No. Come to terms with reality. Come to terms with reality, my dear brothers. Don't hide it. My marriage is a mess. Say it out. My relationship with my wife is a farce. My children are a mess. Say it out. No, 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 no. We are struggling in our marriage. Oh, so very difficult. <laughs> I mean, if you are struggling with your marriage, God will still say, struggle and come to a point where you say, Lord, I give up. <laughs> and then he came to his senses. That is what repentance is. You know, repentance is going back to the father. That is what Elijah ministry is. I will turn the hearts of the children, hearts of the fathers back to the children and the hearts of the children back to the fathers before the great terrible day of the Lord. That is the reason why, what does Elijah say? Come near, come near you fellows, come near. Now enough of playing hide and seek. Look at the famine in your life. You still don't want to surrender. You still want to join yourself. You still are undecided whom to join. If Ahab wins, I will join myself with Ahab. If, Baal, if Yahweh wins, I will join myself with Baal. Have, you haven't made your decisions yet. You still are playing politics. <laughs> what are you doing? Playing politics. This is what politicking means. That is the reason why Paul gets so upset in the church. He says, what are you doing? You are playing politics in the church. And you are taking them to the church, to the judges. And that too, that too before the Gentiles. What is wrong with you guys? Don't you know you will be judging angels? You have a political spirit even in the church. <laughs> that is the reason why we got parties. But God says, you know what? I allowed parties. He says in First Corinthians chapter 11, I allowed factions. Factionism didn't start in Rael Sima. And he says, so that those who are approved by me will be known, made known. Okay. That's the reason why he allowed Israel to go into idolatry so that Levites could be made known. He was joined to the Lord. Come now. So what did they do? They took their sword and killed everybody. Prodigals, come back, please. All of us, we are all prodigals, scattering all over the place. Look at what he says. It says, I will arise. That is the point. I will not sit here in this misery and think about, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. Arise. Take action. You know, the word for arise in the Hebrew is very powerful. It means, arose means it's an action. Girding up your loins and come on, let's do something about it now. Let's settle accounts, even though it's painful. <laughs> you know, settling accounts is painful. Now, Sammy and I will see, we'll sit at the audit and you will ask me, where all did you spend? What has happened? What happened here? What happened here? All, pula kala chitta kol jayega. Kul jayega. But it is good. 
See? You know what? It's interesting that the kingdom of God of heaven is like the one who settles accounts. It's an account settling. There's an ultimate audit which is going to take place. All these audits are only parables of the final audit. You're only worried about uh, Pradeep Abraham. <laughs> you have to be, you have to be worried about the father of Abraham. <laughs> okay. Sam is like, oh, I'm going to the auditor. <laughs> okay. See that? Understand? Settle, let's settle accounts. I will arise and what? Go to my father and he's going to rehearse his lines. But we'll come to the lines later. First you have to arise. What you have to do? Arise. Take action. It's repentance is not passive, brothers. It's active. Half my goods. I give it to the poor. And if I've taken anything by false accusations, by psychophancy, what will I do? I will give it back fourfold. That means I flattered that fellow and took more money out of him. I have to come to him and say, sir, I flattered you. It was not true about you. <laughs> so, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's what false accusation means. The word in Greek is what? Psychophancy. Psychophanteo. All these new, new things I'm learning after reading the Bible. Sir, you know, I remember in, uh, in Montreal, that fellow, how he sold me a suit. I had my budget. And I went to this Italian store. A oh, finished, gone. And you should tell me, what did you come for, sir? I'm looking for a just a blazer and a small suit. I told him the budget also, and he looked at me and he smiled. He said, "Come, come, 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 come." And he took one suit, wear it, wear it, and he made it, made me put it on. And then he started touching me in different different points. And I was feeling so good. I was like, "Boy, man, this is awesome! It's flattering me." See, the problem is with credit cards and debit cards is we don't know how much you're spending. Plastic, no. Nowadays, Google Pay, it's all gone. Disappeared only. Only that QR code will come, everything is gone. <laughs> See, at least cash, you know, hey, this is two, this is 35, 40 dollars. This is my almost four weeks of, uh, uh, of what food, res- I mean, ration. It is going, at least you'll count. But that fellow, he takes your plastic. Cash or card, credit card, sir. Credit card is very simple, sir. Please pay with credit card, debit card. And he nicely touched me in different different places. He flattered me and he extracted money out of me by falsely accusing me that I was very handsome in that in, the, in that suit. So what does Zacchaeus do? If I have taken anything by false accusations, that's what I told. No, what does psycho? What do psycho fans do? They flatter the people above them and they oppress the people below them. They're bootlickers basically for people above them and they stamp with their boots on people below them. But it is active. It is not passive. So you have to arise. You have to arise. I'll, I'll show you one one arise. One person who arose. Okay, let's read from First Samuel chapter one, verse eight and verse nine. Hmm? Now it came to pass when Samuel was. 1, 1, 1, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Hmm? Chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Yeah? First Samuel chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Yeah? Now, then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you want to, why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? So many questions. Why do you weep? Why do you not eat? I told you, no? All the questions that God asked Hannah. Huh? And why is your heart grieved? I'm not better than to you than 10 sons. She says, no. <laughs> so Hannah, what? Arose. 
she arose and they finished eating and drinking and she went to the lord and she poured out her heart and she said lord enough is enough lord enough is enough you give me one child and i'm going to give him back to him giving back to you that is arising jacob arose it says it's a it's a spiritual state my dear brothers you have to arise you have to take action how long will you be there in your pig pen when will you arise from your sleep how long oh you sleeper a little sleep a little slumber a little folding of hands to rest so shall your poverty come like an arm man how long take up make a decision and arise that is the reason which says godly sorrow leads to repentance, but repentance that that which the sorrow which doesn't have to be grieved. And it says, what kind of a vengeance? What kind of a you see that verse, no? Yeah, sir, verse seven, uh, chapter seven, verse eleven of Second Corinthians. Yeah, ten and eleven. If you don't, if you if you will please, seven, ten and eleven. Hmm? For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces. Death and verse 11. For observe the very thing that you sorrowed in a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you. What clearing of yourselves. What indignation. What fear. What vehement desire. What zeal. What vindication. Seven things. And in all things you proved yourself, yourselves to be clear in this matter. And you were absolutely radical. My dear brothers, repentance is not passive. It is active. You have to arise. You have to take action. You say, Lord, I want to clear my accounts with you now. I want to settle it once and for all. Better to settle accounts now than to wait till that day. And that day, you have to pay. Now he pays for you. So what does he do? He arises. He arose. Let's, verse, let's look from verse, 50, verse 20 onwards. Okay, verse, verse, actually verse uh, 19 and 20. Okay, 19 and 20. I will arise and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Okay, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. This is where he, this is his lines. These are his lines. Okay, two lines. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You see that fellow? That guy is pride still. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't deserve to be your son, but at least make me your servant so that I can pay you off. I don't want anything for free. I remember that when the, when the, when he comes and started, starts rehearsing his lights, what does, where does he stop? Where does the father stop him? So let us look, look from verse uh, 20 onwards, yeah, 20 onwards. But, and he arose and came to his father, but he was still a great way of, uh, off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran, fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and your sight and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Full stop. And the father cut him off. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Okay, okay. I forgive you. Okay, work for your salvation now. No. That's enough. Stop there. That's enough. That's all is important for me. And what did you say? Bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his side and sandals on his feet. Robe of righteousness. Symbol of authority. And what? Sandals. Peace. Now we have made what? You have, you have made peace with God. He has clothed you with his righteousness. Now it's interesting, no? 
I like the next verse. Verse 23. And he says, bring the fatted calf and do what? Why does he say, let us only celebrate? Why does this have to be mentioned? <laughs> Isn't it interesting? I know that you are sorry, but your righteousness is only possible because one young prince died for you. I had to kill him for your rebellion. I had to kill him for your rebellion. The Lord had to put upon him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity has two, two meanings. It is our rebellion. Iniquity also means punishment. Meaning what? The punishment of our rebellion was upon him. Both things. He had to be punished. He had to be killed for our sake. Salvation is not free. Hmm. Somebody had to pay the price. You wanted to settle accounts with me, right? Okay, fine. You were dead. Now you are become alive. You know why? Because somebody else had to die for you. You know what Jesus says? I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One fatted calf, meaning the, the best of heaven. It says the calf means a young prince. That is the reason why when I survey the wondrous cross on which the, ah, 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 in the original? No, 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 no. Yeah, young prince of glory died. That's the original. Oh, my goodness, how much the modern day hymns have taken away some of the words. Just because they didn't know how to put it to tune. Hmm? It says, on which the young prince of glory died. My riches gain. I count by, count but loss and pour contempt all, all my pride. What, how, what do I, what am I thinking that I can repay back my father? By becoming his hired servant? What audacity. You still have not become humble, you rebel. <laughs> you can't. You're still thinking that you can pay back the father. He said, stop there. And he says, you know what? Kill it. And let us eat. The Passover lamb had to be killed. And the Passover lamb had to be roasted and to be eaten. How? With bitter herbs. <laughs> and in haste. <laughs> bitter herbs and haste. Of course, they had a celebration over here. Let's move on. Hmm? For this, my son... He's dead and he's now alive. He was lost and he's found. <laughs> dead and alive, lost and found. And they began to be merry. Now the older son came. What did the older son say? This fellow spent all his money on harlots. He was, was he happy? The elder son. But our elder, elder Anna was not, was not like this elder brother, right? Our elder brother was very, very happy. Our elder brother was, he took our place, right? Now that is the reason why. Turn to Zechariah chapter 3. Put it up please. Yeah. Now the Septuagint translation gives a fantastic revelation. Are you there? Just follow it on the, on the, on the screen, okay, for all of us. And you can cover the screen, Sami. Hmm? 
Now this is Joshua the high priest is brought is is, is before before the Lord. Okay, let's read from Zechariah chapter three. Now this is what this is Septuagint translation. This is the gospel according to Zechariah. Gospel according to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter three verse one onwards. And the Lord's said to the devil, Oh, oh, interesting. <laughs> who said the devil? Who said to the devil? The Lord's said to the devil. The Lord rebuke thee. The two lords said to the devil, the plural, let us let us make man in our image. And the lords said to the devil, the Lord rebuke thee, O devil. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Behold, is not this a brand plucked from the fire? And now look at verse 3. What does it say? And Jesus was clothed in what garments? Boy. When I read that, I had tears in my eyes. He became filthy for our sake. Jesus was clothed in filthy raiment and stood before the angel. And the Lord answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, Take away the filthy raiment from him. And he said to him, Behold, I have taken away your iniquities. How did he take away? Our Jesus had to die. He was clothed with our sin. He was our high priest. And clothe him with a long robe and place a pure mitre on his head. Sorry. Um, yeah, spoke to him and stood before him saying, take away the filthy raiment from him. And he said to him, behold, I have taken away your iniquities and clothe you, clothe you with a long robe. And verse 5, and a pure mitre upon his head. So they placed a pure mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord stood by and the angel of the Lord testified to Jesus. Kya baat hai? <laughs> and next verse, and the angel of the Lord testified to Jesus saying, thus says the Lord Almighty, if you will walk now, all of those who are in Christ, if you will walk in my ways and take heed to my charges, etc. But Jesus had to be put with what, what garments? Filthy garments for our sake. He became, that's the reason why it says, he who did not know sin became sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. God has made him what? Both Lord and Christ. God has made him what? Wisdom, righteousness, justification and sanctification. He made him. He was crucified in my place. He was a fatted calf who was killed for my place. So that I could be reconciled to my father. And what does this Zachariah say? Lord, you forgot what? To put a mitre on his head. Put that pure mitre. What is he now? Holy, what is written on the mitre? Holiness to the Lord. He is now belonging to the Lord. What he was, now he's been restored. He belongs to me now. So what will you do, my dear brothers? Will you arise? Will you take action? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Like Sister Elsa keeps on praying. What a word. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Or are you still joined to the world? Are you still looking for solutions? And the last resort is God. If everything fails, why do you want to wait till that that point? Prodigals come back. (laughs) 
What are who are prodigals? We are prodigals who scattered all their resources and energies on this world. You see, this prodigal wasted his life. Lot was a prodigal who made good use of his life. Who's more difficult to save? This prodigal or Lot? Think about that. For Lot, you have to pluck him out of Sodom. He didn't know that he was wasting his life. What is the reason we know what Jesus said? He who saves his life, will lose it. He will scatter it. But if you save your, I mean, lose your life for my sake, you will save it. Understand that. Let's read Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 to 12, and we will stop. I love these verses. Some of my favorite verses. For it was fitting for him. <laughs> Who? God, Jesus. For him, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation, what? Perfect through sufferings, and verse 11 and 12, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified. Who is the one who sanctifies? Jesus is the one who sanctifies. And who are the ones who are being sanctified? We are the ones who are being sanctified. Are all of one. You know what? In NIV says, all belong to the same family. The same root cause is one, the father. They all have the same father. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them his brothers. And he says, I will declare your name among my brothers. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing your praise. From where is he quoting this? Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's how it starts. And he says, finally, how it ends. I will declare your name to my brothers. Because I was forsaken by you, I could have many sons back, brought back to you. Many prodigals could come back to you because you forsook me, O Lord. You killed me on the cross so the prodigals could come back to you. That is the gospel, my dear brothers. If this is the life that God gave us, behold, what manner of love the Father has, what? Wasted on us, lavished meaning. <laughs> he wasted, he prodigaled himself on us. If I can use that word, my goodness, I'm expressing new vocabulary, worldometer, wordometer, uh, prodigaled. Because Google has become a part of the dictionary now. All this also has to become a part of the dictionary. The Christian vocabulary. <laughs> he prodigal, he wasted himself on us. So that we could be brought back to him. Don't waste your life. Arise and take action. Arise and take action. Come back to him. Don't waste your life. My goodness. Behold what manner of love. The problem is, are you joined to the world? I'll tell all the young people, don't taste certain things. Don't open doors. Once you taste those things, it's very difficult to come out. That is the reason why, you know, that, that beautiful sermon we had, no? Don't open that door. Don't open that door, especially. He says, every other abuse, you sin outside the body. But he who commits this, sins against his own body, which is worse. That's the reason I told you, girlfriend is worse than drugs. And I'm not kidding. 
Very serious. Don't waste your life. Come back to him. Prodigals return. Don't scatter. <laughs> Gather. Keep on gathering and become one. And you know what he says in Psalm 85? He says, unite my heart to fear your name. Unite my heart to fear your name. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. You're an awesome God. Your mercy endures forever. Father, we have scattered, O Lord, so much of our lives. But today we want to arise like we heard on Sunday, Lord, like Jabez. We want to say, Lord, let your hand be upon us. We don't want to run away, Lord Jesus, from your presence. Father, it is only where the Spirit is, Lord, that we will experience true liberty. Every other liberty is false, which leads us only to bondage. Open our eyes to this reality and this truth. Enable us to come back to you. Enable us not to waste our life. Touch us, O Lord. Continue, Lord Jesus, to burn your word into the deepest parts of our inner man. And let it become a part of us. We praise you, we worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' name, Amen. You know, there are two kinds of memories. There's RAM, there's ROM. Right? RAM is random access memory, which can be easily erased. ROM, permanent burnt. That's the reason why we have a, we have a phrase in computer science. We have to burn our ROM. <laughs> okay. Burn our ROM. Okay. Let that become ROM. Let it become ROM. Let the word become a part of our realm. Mm-hmm. Read-only memory. <laughs> for those who are computer science engineers, you will just understand what I said. Okay, That was only free of cost. You don't have to pay anything from it. No? Praise God. 